Merkel Media. Hey everyone, before we get into this week's show, I just want to remind you, I've been talking about it a lot, but I am moving to Tennessee this month in April, which means that if there's an issue with the show, if a show doesn't show up on time, or if the audio, if there's something wrong with the audio and it's not being fixed, that's why, because I'm out of office. I may not even have internet when I get to the new house right away, so in order to fix the things, may not be an actual option. So just bear with me, have some patience. I don't think there's going to be any issues or hiccups this month, but if there is a hiccup, that's why, because I'm moving to Tennessee. Tennessee, and I literally don't have internet to even fix it if I wanted to. So just some patience, just in case there's an issue, but I don't think there will be. Let's get to this week's show. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, Dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow this head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section. You can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. And if you want more shows on a weekly basis, we drop a bonus member show on Thursdays on the website and the Castos app. Plus, you get the Tuesday shows ad-free and access to overtime episodes. If that interests you, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. We got Creed back in studio. Creed, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Tony. Thanks for coming back in. Uh, We are talking about our trip again, right? Yes, we are. Yeah, so why don't we talk about what it's called? Because I called it Stanley when I had COVID, (laughs) and you got a bunch of people calling about Stanley Hotel. Uh, Just... Just bear with me, guys. I, I had COVID when I was doing that recording for the announcement, and uh, I had like I don't even remember recording the announcement. <laughs> like, I, like I, I was barely holding it together, and people were asking me about the Stanley, and you just said that some people were calling, right? They did they called and asked about the Stanley? <laughs> and, and you were, and you were like, I don't know why they're saying Stanley. Like, I might have something to do with that. <laughs> I figured it was a Shanley Stanley. Yeah, it sounds that, the same. That's what I thought too when I was recording. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to the Shanley. We're going to the Shanley. The Shanley is this really cool old hotel. It's yeah. in New York. It's not the Stanley in Colorado. Yeah. Um, it's the Shanley in New York. It was built in 1845. It's always been a hotel, um, but it gets its name from its most famous owner, who was an Irish immigrant named uh, James Shanley. And he lived there with his wife. They owned the hotel uh, from uh, about the early 20th century to the middle of the 20th century. They had their children there. Uh, most of their children tragically died when they were very young infants. Um, and so we have a lot of hauntings yeah. uh, in the Shanley. And it is um, a really cool old old hotel like the Burnbray, where we went to last year with a group of people. Yeah. Um, that was actually built as a private residence, became a hotel. This has always been a hotel. There's been guests in and out. It's got a long storied history. Uh, it was a speakeasy during the uh, the Prohibition era. Um, some gangster activity. It was a place, you know, in New York in the Catskills where people would go and escape uh, from the city, and uh, sometimes their escape was permanent, and ah. is now more permanent um, because it is a very, very haunted hotel. Yeah. Uh, the owner, when, when we go, we have to sign releases. <laughs> so that, you know, when we're super duper haunted and streaking out of there at three o'clock in the morning, 
they can't we're get not sued. Sue them. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to sue them. Uh, but it, it is a really yeah. uh, very haunted place, very uh, active, and we get to spend the night there. We'll have um, a uh, professionally led uh, ghost hunt from 7 to 10 p.m., um, and then we get to spend the night there at the Shanley. See, and, uh, okay, so 7 to 10 p.m., we're doing a professionally led ghost hunt, and like I'm like, those are the... Those are the baby hours, by the way, guys. So like, right. so like, if, like the the real stuff's gonna kick off when they leave. When the when the professionals leave, all of a sudden you're left there alone, that's and right. that's when the stuff kicks off. I mean, people are gonna be waiting for the three a.m. witching hour, and they, that's when their bed's gonna wind up on your ceiling. Absolutely, uh, you know there is, you know, there's so many reports of hauntings there. You know, infants playing in the hallway. Um, you know, an old couple playing chess that you can see from outside. Really? Uh, you know, if you're outside, you look in, you know, one of the, the ground oh, floor gosh, windows, uh, you know, there's, uh, just an, an enormous number of, of haunted, um, reportings over the last century and a half, you know, since its inception, it burned down in 1895. It was rebuilt. You know, people have, you know, died there and still remain residents and it's, see- it's such a cool place. Yeah, and so like I, I'm, we we did the Burn Bray last year, and people freaking loved that. And uh, this is something that is, from what it sounds like, more haunted. Mm-hmm. And like I hear this, and I'm it, when you talk about the the release form, I'm like challenge accepted. <laughs> like like I, I'm not like like it's it, whenever I hear stuff like that, the the line from the Ghostbusters, uh, I ain't afraid of no ghost. That's like right. like <laughs> I'm ready to rock. Oh no, we're gonna we're gonna party with the ghost. Yeah, like like let's see what happens and stuff. And um, you know, people uh, by now from hearing this and stuff, I mean either. I would say this is probably going to release the week that I'm doing the public release of the documentary, the expedition dog man. Mm-hmm. And uh, so people are going to see, you know, me out in the woods looking for this monster in the woods. Listen, I'm going, I'm about to go in the centralized location, the, the Shanley hotel in New York. Yeah. It's and be, you it's, know, it's going to be great. The, it, and if you go to Tony's website, uh, we have both audio and video recording yeah. of our time at Burnbray, and there's great EVPs uh, orbs, all kinds of stuff on there that people experienced. Um, we had, not everyone had, uh, I think a real, you know, uh, uh, supernatural experience, but there were some people that had the real deal Mm -hmm. and the video audio illustrate that, um, from the burn Bray Shanley's more haunted than that. So I think that, uh, if you're, you know, if you're interested in ghosts, if you want a a supernatural experience, um, this is definitely the trip to go on. Uh, I think there's no doubt that we'll have, you know, some, some experiences. So like there's people, there's a portion of the audience that listens to this show because they want to hear about the stuff, but they don't want to go through it. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're catching their host at a time in his life where he's transitioning into hunting the legends I've heard about on the show. And so like I'm in this mode of, Hey, Let's see it. Put up or shut up now. Let's go and see it now. Like, like I've been hearing about this stuff for so long now. Like, I'm like, okay, you know, if it's that easy to catch, let's go check it let's out. Get it. Let's get to it. So yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of like in this mindset right now. It's just like, I, let me see it. Not, it's not the, let me see it to believe it. It's the, let me see it. I've been yeah. hearing about this stuff for so long. Let me freaking see it. That's now. right. If you're just listening to the show and you love supernatural stuff, but you know, you're not sure this is a good experience. You know, you're with a lot of people, yeah. um, you know, and it's uh, you know, it's kind of a controlled place. So, you know, the, the, the ghosts are not vicious at the Shanley, but they're present. So it's a good introduction, I think, to, you know, the supernatural experience where it's not going to be terrifying, yeah. uh, but it, 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 you will, you will feel I think you will feel things. Don't be scared. Yeah. Don't be scared. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might be a little scared in a moment, but right now I'm trying to talk tough. So yeah, <laughs> it's, I, you know, it's fun. And we had a great time at the burn, Bray. I think everyone experienced, you know, we had a couple people, uh, from the burn, Bray, um, uh, Donnie and Laura that went, they loved it. They signed right up for this trip and, uh, yeah. it'll be a good experience. And so we'll be at the Shanley. That's our overnight experience. Um, we'll have dinner there. We'll have breakfast there. Uh, but we have, uh, you know, other stuff that we're doing. So we'll leave from Newark, um, and we head up to, um, uh, just outside of sleepy hollow. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a legend of hold of the witch and, uh, we're going to go, you know, kind of look around, uh, that area. We'll see her tombstone. Yeah. We'll hike out to spook rock. Uh, and you know, the shack where she lived, it's mysteriously in great condition. And it, you know, if there's any damage, it gets rebuilt. Nobody's really sure. Nobody about knows. It. No. Nope. 
Oh, jeez. So, so that'll be that'll be a pretty cool ride up. As we'll we'll see, we'll have we'll actually have lunch in Sleepy Hollow. Um, so we'll get a chance to to check out uh, the town of Sleepy Hollow itself. Uh, so that's you know, and then we'll get to of course we'll stop uh, um, on the way in New Paltz uh, at a place called the historic Huguenot Street, settled by uh, French Huguenots in the 1700s, um, and pretty haunted. I think you know there's still a lot of the Huguenots around in that vicinity. So we'll have a, we'll have a great tour of Huguenot street and we'll hear all of the storied, um, supernatural past and present. So, all right. Sleepy hollow. Mm-hmm. Like is, is this where the headless horseman legend comes from? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, when we talked about this before, I didn't connect those dots until Lindsay told me, cause I'm a little stupid. So, uh, you know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't email me saying, Tony, you're not stupid. You got to stop saying, I know. I'm just kidding around. Tony is not stupid. Uh, but um, I, I didn't connect the dots. And and uh, when she said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's that's awesome. You know, like I got more excited. Yeah. And uh, so I think I'm thinking about possibly doing like a uh, Sleepy Hollow little short little story or something with the YouTube channel. Maybe I'll put it up on the podcast as well, where I kind of go into this story, the Headless Horseman and the history behind it and all that stuff. But uh, like... Like, I mean, I remember hearing those stories in elementary school. I don't know if they still do that kind of stuff in elementary school, but I remember hearing those stories and, Me too. you know, like, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, you know, I, I just remember being fascinated by that story. I'm like, wow, what if that was true? And now we're going to go into lo- the location. We're, we're going to check it out. And there's two great um, cemeteries in Sleepy Hollow. Washington Irving, who wrote the tale, is buried there. Really? Yeah. And the oh, old perfect. Dutch church is um, where the grave of Hold of the Witch is recognized. It's probably not her actual grave, but... Um, you know, there's really cool places, you know, to see and to experience while we're there in Sleepy Hollow. And Hold of the Witch is the one that has the shack that's mysteriously in great condition. Exactly right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and on the way back, so once we're done, you know, at our experience with the Shanley, um, the next day, uh, we'll drop, uh, back down as we come back down to, to Newark and, uh, we'll stop at Witch's Hole State Forest. Um, we'll take a look at, uh, Silvio's Villa, Villa, excuse me, an 18th century inn. Um, home to uh, um, travelers and some family and some visible orbs, faint shouting, apparently a coat rack that was found furiously spinning in a closet at one point. And, and we'll, we'll have lunch there and we'll get to hear the tales of, of the haunt. Nice. Yeah. Silvio's Villa. And the, sto- and, the, and the name of the forest is what? The Witch's Hole State Forest. The Witch's Hole State Forest. That's in what? New York? It's in New York. Yep. The Witch's Hole State Forest. <laughs> it's in the Catskills. So like, like the, there's a reason why they call things what they call them. Right. And so like whenever I come across a road that says Devil's Road, usually don't go down it. Right. right? That's so, right. That's right. <laughs> I think there's a road like that. in New, What's the one in New Jersey? uh that we found it's something where eh, i can't think of it right now but uh it's really cool you know people see ghosts there all the time and uh, you know there's a zillion roads like that but um but this is a really you know it's a really you know our focus on this trip is is haunted happenings um and we'll get to experience you know tales and we'll experience the ghosts i think themselves at the shanley hotel uh it's it's yeah. cool yeah it's very cool wow uh so I'm excited yeah it's gonna be great if you want to see what one of these trips is is kind of like at least the ghost hunt part check yeah. out the video um it's you know it's pretty long but it, it illustrates evps yeah. and orbs and you know things happening uh it, you know even things that you know when we were there uh we heard but then on the video and the audio there's things that were happening that, that nobody heard at the time mm-hmm. uh that we came across later and uh and so you know the the spirits are around us yeah if we're not quite aware of them at that moment so it's 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 really cool i think people are gonna really like this trip and uh i know i am and so if they want that uh information and stuff what can they do can they email you call you what yeah so just email us um at uh, creed.educatedwanderer.com or you can telephone us at 973-513-9001 you can check out our website educatedwanderer.com um, the details of the trip are there, but you know, you can call us, email us, and we'll, we'll be happy to send them to you. We'll, we'll be happy to talk through the whole experience, uh, with you, um, what to expect. Uh, the price of the trip includes from the time you get on the bus with us, um, to the time we drop you back off, it includes the food and everything else that we're doing. Yeah. Um, so there's no other reason that you'll have to reach into your pocket during that time. Uh, we can also help you get there, uh, get to Newark. Um, if, if you are, you know, coming from far away. Um, you know, we're, uh, you know, we run tours all the time, not just haunted tours. So we're, you know, we're very good at helping people with that kind of stuff. Logistics. I don't know if we, I don't know if we mentioned the the date, like we changed the date and I'm moving to Tennessee mid April and it was just, 
hectic. Yeah. And so like, we're just trying to make sure that I'm actually on the trip. Yeah. So <laughs> pretty important. Pretty important. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm moving from Philadelphia to Tennessee, East Tennessee, uh, mid April. And so, uh, we just moved this date so that, you know, um, I can actually move, move my family without having to yep. be in New York, come back to New York. For- if I could clone myself, maybe one day the technology <laughs> will be there. Some argue it's right there now, but that's another conversation. You could, you could you could divest yourself of your spirit to go on the right. Tour. Yeah, I'll just have, maybe I'll, I just gotta learn how to do the out of body experience thing. That's so right. you know, you guys can have the ghost of Tony on the trip while my family is you know in Tennessee with me, <laughs> probably laying in a bed just dead or something. That's you know, right. if only we could be that efficient. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah. The, so the date of the trip is July first to the second. Okay, overnight, um, and uh, you know we leave early in the morning or in the morning, and uh, you know we get back sort of later in the afternoon the following day. Cool. Yeah, it's it'll be it, it's going to be a, such an awesome experience. Yeah. I think, and you know, when you're done, uh, you know, the next morning, uh, if you've had some experiences, and I, I think you want to talk to Tony about them, I think the intent is we'll take he'll take those experiences and make a show out of it. Yeah. So you, you actually be on the show. Yeah. We 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 didn't. I kind of didn't have the proper. I, I guess I just the the first time around I wanted to do that and just didn't kind of come through with everything. But uh, the idea is that we can kind of make a, a show out of it, so we can have somebody come on. And you know, like if you had like a weird experience and stuff, and it's like you know five minutes of whatever, it's fine because I'm trying to basically do a compilation of everybody's experiences, whether you had an experience or you didn't have experience. Just like what do you think of the trip and kind of right. have some fun with that. So yeah, uh, yeah. If you guys are interested, go ahead and contact. Creed and Jen at educatedwander.com. The website or the uh, email is creed at educatedwander.com and the phone number is, you know, I'm not that good. <laughs> no, almost good. 973-513-9001. Uh, we'll be happy to chat with you about the yeah. trip um, and uh, everything in between. Uh, and lastly, uh, what is the price of the trip again? Nine ninety five a person. Nine ninety $9.95, guys. <laughs> nope. We're, we're, not, we're not that good at yeah. that $9.95 a person, all inclusive. Uh, yeah. You can drop us a, a, a deposit for $150, um, and that will hold your space on the trip. Cool. And that that's going to be, once again, once you get on that bus to the time you get off the bus, it covers all your food, lodging, everything, all your lunches, dinners, expenses of the you know sleepy hollow and visiting witches cabins and witches whole woods or whatever it was uh <laughs> witches whole state forest witches whole state forest freaking <laughs> i love it like that, that that honestly makes me feel like i want to go investigate that for my one like a documentary i gotta like do some deep dive digging on why that is you called that check you gotta check that out there's some pretty cool stuff oh can't wait i because one of the things with with what i wanted to do is i wanted to i was talking to the guys i want to find like a place where like witches and like satanists get together and do crazy stuff in the forest and like crash in on their party like i want to find something like that so maybe that's the spot i don't know it we'll could see. be it could be, be there's, fun there's places like that in new jersey too yeah oh yeah definitely i can't wait I'm sure so. there's places all over but uh but we'll check this one out and yeah. i think it's going to be really cool spook rock should be a lot of fun yeah the, the guys these trips are a lot of fun and it's we're listen we live in a country where there we're not short any kind of legend yeah. i mean going back to colonial times it, like there's just so much here uh, th- this is just really fun way to, you know, get to hang out with me me to get to hang out with you guys, uh, on an extended period of time, doing some really fun stuff, learning along the way. It's just a great time. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys want to come and hang out with us. Yeah. We want to do more of these. So as long as they keep going, like they did last year with the burn Bray, and if this one goes, uh, you know, we'll keep them coming because yeah. it, as Tony said, it's a huge amount of fun. Um, you know, Tony's with you, Jen and I are with you. Uh, you're in great hands on the trip. Uh, and we're going to have a great time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, go check it out. All right. Thank you. And we're going to get to our interview. And I'm recording this. And I don't know who I'm putting up this week. So uh, it's going to be a surprise, guys. Let's get to the interview. <laughs> All right. Here we go. All right, today we got Wade on the show. Wade, what's up, man? Not much. How's it going? Man, it's going. It's going. I'm uh I was just telling you, I, I got a little uh sleepy here tonight, but I'm glad that, you know, I'm at least awake enough to do the interview. That did, did I lose you? No, I'm still here. Okay. I had to change a setting on my audio and uh recently I've been forgetting to to set one part of my audio and I 
I thought I lost you. But anyways, Wade's here. Awesome. I'm not going to change anything. I'm not going to edit that out. I'm going to leave it in. So there we go. Uh, Wade, man, you're out there in Oregon and you have, uh, you, you've seen some strange things in the sky and filmed it. And you sent me the video of what your girlfriend filmed. And, uh, I wanted to ask before we go too far into it, uh, can I share that on the website? Yeah, you can put it on there. Okay, cool, cool. So why don't you go into the experiences with the UFO and uh, then we'll get into some Bigfoot chatter. Yeah, sounds good. So it was um, it was early, I believe in January. She walked outside to go up to the barn and heard this humming noise. And she always liked to look up at the stars and everything. Well, she saw these twinkling, twinkling lights in a triangle shape. So she got out her phone and filmed it. Not a, it's not very long, but it only hung out for a few seconds, and then it just kind of vanished almost. Um, that was that was pretty much it on that one. She came inside, told me about it, tried to get me to go outside, but I didn't want to see it. And then, well, it was I think it was two weeks later. We're heading into town. It was dark outside. Got about a mile down the road, and we both seen some twinkling lights in a triangle pattern. She kind of looked over at me and goes, you see that? And go, yeah. And when we were driving, we sat there and watched it and I slowed down so we can get a better view at it. And it just hovered above the treetops. It, I want to say it was only a few hundred feet off the ground, but it, it was massive. And then it just hovered there and we drove out of sight. And when we came back from town, it was gone. So how far how far a time frame was this from when she first filmed the uh, triangle in the sky? It was within two weeks. Okay, and g- generally the same area. Yeah, it was just a mile uh, west of where we live. Gotcha. A okay. mile, yeah, from the crow flies, it's about a mile west. So it wasn't the exact same location. No, the second one was not. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, when I when you showed me the video, I was looking at it and I see that the three lights that form the triangle. But then, did you see how like it branches off down a little bit too, with like two like I think it was like two or three different lights. Yeah, there's a, there's a few on the bottom of it. It looked like. Yeah, it, it looked like um, it looked like there was more to the craft than what we were seeing. Almost like it gave me a sense that, like when you first hit play on the video. You see these three lights that that are flickering and they look like a triangle. And then the one side almost extends down with more lights and it makes you feel like, oh, this there there might be something here that's even bigger than, than what you're thinking initially. Yeah, it's it's big. I it's kind of hard to judge from the you know, being in the sky, but I want to say it's like a hundred hundred yards long almost. Yeah, I mean it's it like- it, like the size of a football field. Yeah, it definitely wasn't anything uh, tiny. That's for sure. I mean, uh, it, it reminded me with what you what you just said about you know the size of a fo- football field. It almost reminded me of like you know like a mothership. You know, like the the uh, it, it, something out of like I don't know Independence Day or something where you know it's like releasing all these little smaller ships and stuff. And I was just like, dang, I don't know if I you know if I saw something like that and stuff, I. I I would hope that I had enough of, you know, wherewithal to film it like your girlfriend did. Yeah, I don't. I try to ignore the stuff, but it's kind of hard. She's really into all of that and points it out and makes me think about it more. And I, I told her that night, I'm, I'm just going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Not interested, huh? Uh, no. So, all right. Uh, and when we were talking earlier, you were saying you were driving back from somewhere. I think you said like one of the Dakotas or Colorado or something like that. And you were about to tell me a story. Yeah, so it was this year, or it was it was 2020. I went up to seeing a buddy that was stationed up in Minot, North Dakota, and uh, I was driving back across Montana, and I was west of Billings somewhere, and going through a canyon, and I just happened to glance up. It's like two o'clock in the morning, and uh, I seen this. It was a solid light, kind of hovering. And it looked pretty high and it kind of went left to right. And then you could watch almost like a light trail dart off in the sky and then it was just gone. So 
you saw you saw that you've had experiences with UFOs. Uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I mean, uh, you know, the government says that they have they're they're in possession of things that were not made here on Earth. Uh, when when you see those kind of things, do you correlate that to more alien or you know maybe man made? Well, when we see, it, I think it moves too quick to be man made. I I don't think I don't think we have the technology to to make something that fast and that that nimble in the air we might but even with that triangle craft it was it was so big i don't i don't see how we can make that hover like it does and and be next to zero noise yeah it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense unless they have technology that we just don't aren't privy to it yet at least yet i would say uh i always think that the government's a couple decades ahead of us in technology yeah yeah they they probably are i i obviously there's a lot we don't know that they know and uh they probably just won't ever tell us yeah not until it's obsolete for them you know <laughs> so it's like we got iphones and they're they're probably like yeah we had that back in the 60s bro you know <laughs> so yeah exactly yeah it's one of those things where i and i and i understand it i mean i don't know if other people get upset about that stuff but i mean uh the technology that they have is probably also utilized as a weapon and they don't want other people to know about it. So I kind of get it. I kind of get it. But, uh, you know, you're not the only one that's seen, you know, crazy things like that in the sky, especially with the light trails. I've heard, I've heard that several times. Uh, it kind of reminds me of orbs as well, because, um, they do similar things, you know, where they're moving around, they leave like these light trails and stuff kind of makes you wonder sometimes how these things correlate back and forth to, uh, you know, between topics and categories. Um, so that's the UFO stuff. Now I, I want to get into this Bigfoot stuff. Uh, you have had three, possibly four different types of, uh, Bigfoot encounters. And, uh, if you, if you could walk us into the first time and kind of show, you know, walk us through the chronological order of how this all happened for you. I mean, are, are you a Bigfoot investigator? Or is this just some random stuff that happened for you? No, this is just random stuff that just happened. So, um, we'll walk into it so when i was i grew up in the willamette valley area and my dad died when i was young so i'd go up and see my mom's dad all the time i called him papa and he lived up in the coastal range outside of philomath oregon and um, he had probably 10 acres out there in the woods no one around and he set up a motion sensor light at his gate and then put a light on the property where he could see it go off when he's sitting in his chair at night. And this was in September. I think I was, I must've been around 10 and, uh, down there by the, the sensor, there is an old apple tree. And when that light would go off, I'd grab the spotlight and see what deer are in or what was what was coming in so one night it went off and he's asleep in his chair so i just got up grabbed the spotlight shined it out there and what i seen was this big black mass just running across the uh the driveway and just darted into the woods couldn't get a a good look at it because it was i think the the apple tree was like 200 yards from the house and the when you hit it with the light it almost like absorbed the light like you couldn't really light it up so all you seen was a a tall bipedal mass um i walking across the driveway it was like two three strides and it was gone so this this thing i mean at 200 yards away, I mean, it's, it's pretty far away as far as trying to judge, you know, size and everything. But d by judging the surroundings and stuff, did you get a decent idea as to how big we we're talking about here? Being 10 and it being so far away, it's hard to say. The fence was, I believe, five foot tall and it was it was over the, the fence there. So seven, maybe eight feet if I were to guess. Okay. And is, is this something that, you know, 
is like maybe a common thing going on around there or, or is this like a one-off thing for you and the family? It was a one-off thing for me. My mom always joked about it. She's like, cause I go up there almost every weekend. She'd say, don't let Bigfoot get you. <laughs> it's kind of like a joke. And I always brushed it off, but we ran around there when we were kids, like nothing ever happened. And until that instance, I, I didn't think twice of it. Interesting. And, and remind me, what, what was the purpose of the, the spotlight to begin with? What were you doing? We would use it to look at the deer that were down there eating apples okay. at night or the, if coyotes came across or something like that. And so you're out there just spotting and uh, that happens. Do you think it was out there for the deer or something like that? I think it was pulling the apples off the tree. It was about that time of year where the apples are starting to get ripe or getting close to. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, you know what? I know they freaking like apples. I've heard that plenty of times. People actually try feeding them apples. So, uh, the fact that you have apple trees is, uh, you know, it's like a buffet. Yeah, definitely. And it was that winter. They normally don't get a lot of snow up there. So I think we had eight inches up there and he liked to go to breakfast in town every morning. So we'd leave at like five o'clock in the morning to go down to town. And I noticed where the road, where his driveway's cut in, there's a little bank on the side. And I saw these big impressions in the snow. And so on the way back, when it was daylight, we were driving by him. And I got a quick kind of glance in the snow. And I told him, I go, Papa, that's a, that's a big footprint right there. He goes, no, there's no, there's no big foot or anything. That's, that's all lies, just tails. So I got him to go back and look at it. He told me, oh, it's, it's just a bear track. <laughs> but you could see the five toes impressions. And it was probably 15, 16 inches long. And this is still when you were around 10 years old? Yeah, this was that, that, that winter. Because I seen it, that figure run across in the fall or, or late summer, early fall. And then it was that winter, probably... December, January. Now, did you ever tell him about what you saw run across? I kind of mentioned it and he, he was very old school, kind of like, ah, you didn't, you didn't see it. You just, you probably thought you seen something or a bear run across or something. And I told him, I go, I was too tall for a bear. He goes, ah, they'll, they'll stand up on their legs. So this was on its hind legs that you saw the run and it was running. Yeah, it was it was it was more walking. It had a long stride, but you could see an arm swing. And I don't think when a bear stands up on his back legs, it doesn't swing his arms. Yeah, I actually don't. I, I don't. I don't think so either. Because I there was um I'm in the Philadelphia area, and for years there was a bear. I forget the name of the bear, but it was it was known locally because I, I guess there was something wrong with it, and it had to walk on its hind legs everywhere it went, and it kind of like more waddled then had a stride and uh it, it, it from what i remember it didn't it didn't wave its arms back and forth like a bigfoot would yeah i don't i don't think they're capable i don't think their front legs work like that yeah i don't think so either now i mean i understand where your grandfather's coming from with the idea of a, a bear print because i know there's been uh people who will you know they'll, they'll find tracks and it turns out that the bear, the bear's front paw overlaps with the the back paw and makes an extended print and it looks like it's a giant footprint so i mean that, that could be explained that way but judging by what you saw not too far in time wise uh since you saw that footprint you know you saw this this thing walking across and it's like you put two and two together it's easy to, to imagine that maybe this is the same thing yeah i mean like I said, I was pretty young. The, the, the track could have been a bear track. Um, but from what I could see, I mean, it, it was in the snow. We had like six to eight inches. You couldn't see any, any claw marks from it stepping down and sinking into the snow. But you could see the toe impressions and the heel. Gotcha. Interesting. So uh, that was when you were 10. Where, where do we go from here when it comes to Bigfoot, man? I mean, is, was there a big span of time or was it still in your youth? It was still in my youth, so it was when I was 12 and I was first able to get my hunting license. 
and we ran across the road to his brother's house, which is probably two miles away. And they, there's a bunch of logging up there and we were elk hunting. So it was mid November and we went up to a clear cut and we were up there, uh, scoping the area out and I grabbed some binoculars and I, something kept catching my eye. It was cause they just cleared this area probably two or three years before. So there was a little brush grown back up, but there was a stump out there and it was just, it just looked too big and awkward and it was, it was dark, like it was burnt. And so I, it kept catching my eye. And, um, so I, I kept going back looking at it and looking at it and it wouldn't move. But when you look through it with your binoculars, you can kind of see like, where the arms were tucked in and where the head was hunched down. And that was probably 400, 500 yards away. And I didn't have good binoculars at the time, so I couldn't get a good look at it. But from what I could see, it looked like a big man all in black, just hunched over and almost in like the fetal position. Like it wasn't, trying to be moved or seen. Did you, did you have anybody else look through the binoculars at it? No, because at that point I was with my papa and his brother. And with that first one, he, he shrugged it off and said, Oh, they're not real. You just, you saw something else. And so I just kind of kept looking and looking. And then we went back up there the following weekend and I looked for that same stump and I couldn't find it. Cause we parked on the same spot on top of the hill where they had the, the yarder at. And I couldn't find that stump to save my life, man. That's, that's almost, I don't know. That's almost chilling to think about, you know? I mean, it's like you go back and that stump's gone and it kind of confirms your suspicions to begin with. Cause I mean, it sounds like on your first sight of it, you were thinking it could be a Sasquatch. Yeah, at, at that point, I didn't really know what Bigfoot was, but I, I knew of the tails and everything. And But I, I wouldn't have thought of anything. Like I said, I thought it was a stump again, but you could kind of see the arms and the where the head was tucked down. And when we went back up there, you know, it wasn't there again. It makes you wonder, you know, how many times these things are around and we just don't notice it because of them kind of blending into surroundings. Uh, you know, like your mind, your brain automatically connects dots with association, you know? So like if you're, if you're not thinking Bigfoot, you you have no interest in it, you're not looking for it or whatever. Uh, if you're just looking through the binoculars, I could see how somebody could just look right over that and not even think twice that it was a stump. Yeah. It's, it's, it's easy to do. I've caught myself like double taking on stumps now because where I live, there's a lot of forest fires and everything. So you'll get trees that are burnt and broke off like, you know, eight feet tall or whatever. And so you do a double glance, but it's, it's just a burnt tree and it's, that's, that's pretty much what it looked like at the time. But what confirmed it, like you said, was it was gone the, the following time we went up. And, and, I mean, I don't think this is the case, but there, there's no chance somebody decided to take the stump away. I mean, it, it sounds like it wasn't in an area that that's really makes much sense. No, I wouldn't think so. Cause they, they were done logging in there a few years before and I didn't see any sign of equipment coming in or, you know, why that's a, that's a real steep ground. So they got to use yarders and you can't get machines down there. So unless somebody went down there and cut the stump off. That'd be the only thing I could think of. Interesting. Wow. Uh, has any, all right. So well, actually, let me just go with this. Uh, what, what's your next experience here? Uh, when we were up wood cutting this last fall. So we went up, it was in October and we went up towards, uh, uh, three, lakes if anybody's familiar with central oregon and we went up there to cut some wood and this is where it gets a little weird because 
my girlfriend's really into the subject. I don't like to talk about it a whole lot or, you know, be looking for something. And I heard one of Wes's, the Les Stroud one, where they talk about mind speak. And so I was like, you know what? She really wants to see something. I go, what's it going to hurt to do the, try the mind speak thing? Like it could be possible. And so we got up there and I just kind of thought, you know, like, Hey, if one of you are out here, you know, be come out and maybe we can see you in the distance or something. And we were cutting wood and my girlfriend stopped me. She goes, I hear a dog barking. I go, Oh, it probably, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of people like to walk up there with their dogs and everything, but it was a, I, I, I stopped and listened for a little bit and it was a weird bark. It was real deep. Woof, woof. And it kind of, it just sounded strange. And so we finished up cutting a couple logs there and then we moved, we were down in a little draw. We moved up the draw and I was sitting there looking at the map on trying to find a new spot to cut wood and something in my head just told me to look up the hill and when i looked up towards the top of the hill at the skyline there is a old growth ponderosa pine tree there and next to it was this real real big figure you can see that the outline of the head and then you can kind of see a little bit of the outlines of where the hands ended and I looked at it. I looked away. I go, ah, it's just a tree stump. And so I kept looking at the map a little bit. I looked back up there and I just kept staring and staring. And you can kind of see it because it was skylighted. And you could see the light in between the tree and the figure was less and then more and less and more like it was swaying back and forth. And at that point, something like fear took over and so i put the map down and i said oh we gotta go we'll we'll find somewhere different and i didn't even tell her about it until oh probably two months after the fact and we took off out of there and i drove like 15 miles in the opposite direction and finished cutting wood for the day so man you you had like an intention in your head when you went out there, you know, what, what other, or, you know, they listened to your thoughts or whatever you had an intention to, you know, because she wants to see one that, you know, I'd like to see one a day. You see something and you didn't tell her, was she mad at you? Yeah, she was, she was really mad. She's still mad to this day about it. And I like fear took over. Like I had to get out of there. Like it was, it was just strange. Like once I kind of realized what it could be and that it was actually moving and it was, it was big. Like if I were to guess it was, it was, it looked like nine feet tall and the shoulders, it looked like a 55 gallon drum was sitting there. Like it was just huge. And so you said it was like up on a, like a, like a ridge line, right? Yeah, it was up on the ridge line and in that area, we have some sparse uh, manzanita bush, and they weren't real tall in there. Uh, we had a fire come through, oh, probably like five years before, before all this, and kind of thinned it out. So the brush wasn't real tall, and it was, it was pretty open through there. You could see a ways. You could probably see a hundred yards, one hundred fifty yards into the woods, but it was right there on the skyline with nothing behind it, right next to that that old growth tree. Interesting. So how far away was this roughly uh, a couple hundred yards? We were probably a couple hundred yards. Okay. Now, before we started recording, you had suggested that it seems like you believe that there's something supernatural about these things. Is, is it because of how that day unfolded for you that you, leaves you with that conclusion? Yeah, there's there. It's almost weird. Cause it seems like when you think about something like that, or you try to talk to them, like, like it showed up, like it hurt us. And then it made that dog barking noise. And then as soon as we, you know, we could hear stuff 
out in the woods, but I figured it was somebody out there walking through the trees or whatever with their dogs. But when we moved and seen it, that just kind of like, you know, it's been watching us. And that whole time we were in there, I had a feeling like something was in there watching us. But like I said, I figured it was somebody up there walking their dog. And, um, probably not Bigfoot related, but we were at the house and this was, this was after the sighting. It was probably December and we were in the kitchen and my right ear just started ringing real bad. Like put me down to my knees almost. And I rubbed it real hard and it kind of went away. And I heard a voice that wasn't my own voice in my head. And it said, we're here. And that's all I heard. And then the following evening, I was looking, we live on just under 10 acres and there's, uh, 12 acres in between me and the neighbor and there's ponderosa trees and juniper trees throughout there. So you can't see their house or anything, but I saw what looked like a man in dark clothing walking away. And this was, as I was walking through the kitchen, I just glanced out the window. And when I stepped back and did a double take, it was just gone. And I asked my girlfriend the next day, I go, Hey, I seen something out there, see if there's any track. So we had a couple inches of snow and there was nothing out there. And that's what kind of leads me to like, if that was a Bigfoot, like it would, there's something more to them or it could have been paranormal or I could have just been seeing something. And when you saw that, that was after the ears ringing? Yeah, that was after that was the next day after is when I seen something walking out back away from the house. And it was like a split second. Like I glanced out the window, caught my eye, but I kept walking and I took a step back and I looked back out there and there was nothing. And this was about a month, month and a half after I seen the one when we were cutting wood. So you, you, you preface the story with saying probably not Bigfoot related. Do you believe that? Or are you just saying that as a protective measure because you're a little hesitant to make that kind of connection? A little hesitant to make the connection because like I said, I, it was so quick that you couldn't see what it was and there was no, there was no footprints or anything in the snow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I know there's, there's, there's infighting when it comes to this kind of stuff, but, uh, you know, I don't know, excuse me. I don't know how you, you, you explain away some of the things that people experience with Bigfoot when it comes to like finding tracks that just stop. I mean, you're following tracks like Bigfoot tracks and then they just stop and disappear. And it makes you wonder, why and how that's even possible. Uh, and if, if that's happening to other people, then, then I don't know, maybe, maybe one of these, thi- maybe these things are some kind of paranormal creature and not just a, a physical in the woods. It, it would explain a lot of the mysterious nature about them, even down to not being able to catch them on video and audio and the seemingly the seemingly elusiveness of them all. Uh, do you think? Do you lean that direction that these things are more of along the lines of a supernatural, paranormal type category than a a physical? Or do you kind of? Because I I personally feel like I think that they're a mixture of both. To be honest with you, and uh, and I, I'm just curious because you've seen a lot more than I've seen in my life. What your thoughts are? Yeah, I feel like they're. I feel like they're physical, but they, I don't feel like they're from here originally. Like they can, they can phase in and out when they want to. Um, because there's, there's a bunch of weird things where they're there and then just gone. And how do you hide something that big in some of these, these sightings or like, like I said, we live out it's pretty open between the neighbor's house and ours. The only reason we can't see the neighbor's house is because of the, 
the juniper trees, but it was like a clear path of where I seen it. And we don't have any trees out there that are much bigger than like 14 inches across. We don't, we don't have big trees out here. So if they're not from here, what do you, where do you think? I mean, are you talking like extraterrestrial or interdimensional? What what are your thoughts there? That's where I go back and forth because you hear a lot of native stories about them being here, but you hear so many stories about UFOs with Bigfoot and how, how, you'll see a UFO and then all of a sudden a Bigfoot will appear or even like with the orbs, you'll see an orb and then like there'll be a Bigfoot encounter right there with it. So I don't know if it's more just interdimensional or if there's a correlation between the two. Yeah. And I understand your thought process on that. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, not a couple of years ago. I, I say a couple of years ago, like I just started the show a couple of years ago. It's been a while. When I first started the show, like five years ago, uh, I had come across a guy who had just kind of popped on the scene. Uh, his name's Emery Smith. Now he's a pretty popular guy. Now I think he's on Gaia TV and things like that. Uh, but when he first started sharing his experience, he started talking about how he was a biologist and he would, you know, do limited most of the time uh surgery not surgery uh like extraction of biological matter of extraterrestrial it was like his job his job was to do these things within the the military and i think he might have even been part of like a a 20 and back kind of situation but um he talks about how seeing different types of extraterrestrial beings. You know, he talks about people have heard about, about the praying mantis type, uh, you know, the greys and things like that. But one that he said was uh, that, that, that I guess, I can't remember if he said it, it caught him off guard or, you know, it was accurate or whatever, but he described seeing an extraterrestrial creature that looked like Chewbacca from Star Wars. And the person he was talking to Never brought up Bigfoot or Sasquatch. And my ears perked up. I was like, wait a second, what? You know? And uh, and then got my gears turning and thinking about all the, the, like you said, the experiences people have where they see UFO and then Bigfoot come in during that experience or they have a Bigfoot experience and then they see a UFO. And it's like, hold on a second. Could these things be not from here literally? And uh, I, I don't know. But it's interesting. It's really interesting. Uh, and and I, I actually reached out to him to have him on the show. And he, he said he would. And then he just ghosted me. He ghosted me. I couldn't believe it. I was, <laughs> I was like, come on, bro. Um, but yeah, I mean, now he won't return my messages. But it's okay. I forgive him. And if he wants to come on the show, he can. So, uh, But I'll tell you, man, it's one of those things where it really gets you thinking about what these things are. Uh, the the seemingly paranormal things that they're capable of doing, not just the mind speak, but the almost like seemingly disappearing to the idea of them possibly being extraterrestrial. Uh, it, it does seem though they have that they have abilities and access to things that we might identify as not possible. Does that make sense? Yeah, no it it does. It it's just some str- strange things that happen, especially with the mind speak and like when the footprints just end, you know, I think there was a story I've heard before or read somewhere where they followed him in a, in a field with snow and then just vanished out of nowhere. Yeah. That, that, that's a common thing that happens a lot of times that people, they just, they can't find the tracks and they just die off. Um, now you, you're talking about this mind speak you experienced now, let me ask you this. You've have it doesn't sound like you have, but have you ever experienced that before or after that one time? No, I've never that was the first time and it was it was strange. It caught me off guard really bad and I tried to like almost stop it and looking back, I wish I would have let more happen if it was going to happen, if that makes sense. I don't know if if it was done or if I just 
like forced it out of my head. So let's take Bigfoot off the table. Have you ever thought about the, uh, have you ever thought about what that could have been if it wasn't Bigfoot? Yeah, I've tried to think about it and it, I believe in like ghosts and everything. And I guess it could have been a man out there that was almost in a solid form walking away. And then when I look back, it just phased out. But other than that, like I said, there was a little bit of snow on the ground and there was, there was no footprints out there. Not, not any boot prints, not footprints, not, not anything. No, I, I, I mean the mind speak. Have you, oh. I mean, let, let's put Bigfoot aside and you, you have this experience with mind speak. Let's take Bigfoot out of the equation. Have you ever thought about what else that could have been uh, if it wasn't Bigfoot? No, I've, I haven't, I haven't thought that deep into it. I don't, I don't know what would try to connect and say, I'm here. And like I, like I said, I really, I don't know. Me neither. I was just asking. It's my job. I have to ask a question. So <laughs> I was just curious. Um, yeah. I mean, cause you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's actually quite a, a convenient, you know, timeline to run with when it comes to this idea of it possibly being Bigfoot because of what you experienced. I think you said two or like a month before actually. And, uh, you know, you, you almost did your own version of mind speak where you just thought it out. You know, if you're here, show yourself today and it happened. Um, do you, now let's bring Bigfoot back on the table. If it was Bigfoot that did that to you with the mind speak, do you think it followed you then? Um, not, not the one that I seen at least because the one, the figure I seen behind the house, it looked like a normal, like full grown man size, maybe like six foot, not real wide, just like a normal, like a normal person size. So I don't, if it was Bigfoot, maybe it was a younger one or a different one. Um, because we don't, we don't live that far from national forest. You literally just jump across the highway and you're in national forest. And there's there's only a few houses along that side of the road where you'd have to go through. All right. So if it's not the one that you saw, do you think that the mind speak then was a result of you being out there though? I mean, if it was some if it was a different one, do you think that that experience you had with the mind speak would have happened if you didn't do what you did months before? I don't, I don't think so, but that, that's where it comes into that kind of the woo because there was no trace of anything ever being there. And that, that kind of what leads me to be on the side of their like interdimensional and they can, they can phase in and out and chose to be seen when they want to be. Yeah. Well, uh, I wouldn't argue with you on that. I've heard too many people talk about the same similar things to, uh, for me, I, it's not, it doesn't make me uncomfortable to talk like this. And, uh, I, I, I never totally understood why some people have such an aversion to, uh, going down this road and considering the idea that there's more to Bigfoot than just a hairy creature walking around in the woods. We just can't find. And, uh, you know, it, it sounds like, it sounds like you kind of lean in that direction as well, that, that, that there's, there's paranormal supernatural aspect of these things, but you have seen them at the same time. So, you know, they're physical. Um, do you think that they could be both physical and supernatural at the same time? Is that what you're kind of leaning towards? Yeah, I think, I think they can be supernatural and physical at the same time. I think, I think they do eat. I think they do breathe and have children and possibly you could, I, I think you could kill one at the right time. If you caught it off guard, I think they, in their physical state, you can harm them just like anything else. I agree. I agree. And I think the same thing about dog, man. I think the same thing about dog, man. I, I think if, if anything is going to be, 
You know, I, I feel like I, I just get the sense that if if one of those two topics is going to be a more supernatural type being than the other, I think Dogman would be that because, man, those things just uh, maybe it's just my preconceived notions. They they just seem so terrifyingly scary that if you told me they were demonic, I'd say, yeah, I believe that. I definitely believe that. <laughs> they, they just they sound terrifying. Um yeah, what what are your thoughts about Dogman since you've had these experiences with the Bigfoot? I mean, do you think it's possible about Dogman? Uh, yeah, I think it could be possible. I I've heard stories of them on on some podcasts, and I I almost get the sense that they're more demonic, like they're put here to terrorize people, and that's their only goal is to terrorize people. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you uh, sharing your stories and stuff. And uh, it seems like uh, Bigfoot has been popping in and out of your life. I mean, you're you're in your mid-20s and stuff, so it's been about 15 years since your first experience to last. Uh, do you think that going forward in life that there's going to be a trend of this? Or do you think that this is just so random for you that you're not totally expecting to ever see anything like that again? I'm hoping it's just random and I, I don't have to see it again. I, I spent a lot of time in the woods and I... I'd rather not see one and enjoy the woods than have to have to see them and then not not want to come out and enjoy the nature and everything. Yeah, I think a lot of people have the same the same uh, similar sentiments to to that whole idea. I mean, people really enjoy nature, and when they really enjoy nature, they typically don't want to uh, feel like they're gonna come across these things very often, if at all. But um. Yeah, man. Wait, listen, I really appreciate you sharing your stories. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it, because that's the best thing you can do to help the show grow. Thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in this week. And until next week, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free. But first, it'll piss you off. Bye.
down.